On the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to look at salvation and ask, can we really be confident in our salvation? I think it's a question that's on on the minds of Christians a lot. In other words, if I were to die right now, could I be confident that I would have heaven as my eternal home? Can I be sure? Is there any is there any way to, to feel good about that? Uh, and I know uh, through the years I've talked to a lot of Christians who are terribly bothered by those considerations. Mm-hmm. We want to look to the Bible about it tonight. All right. We're going to have a good discussion, and we're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December 15th, to December 17th, 2020. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. Uh, my name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, sir. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Kyle's behind the controls. Kyle, it's welcome. Good to be here. Glad that you're here. Yep. And we're glad that you're listening on the other end of the line tonight. We want to hear from you at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into our topic for discussion. And I remember we've been saying this last couple of weeks, and uh, we want to remind you that we have our daily Bible reading calendars for 2021 ready to go. And so if you'd like to get a printed hard copy of that, send us your your snail mail address to questions at collegeview.com. And as we've been saying, we'll even throw in a free bumper sticker with that. If you'll, if you'll request a calendar, we'll send you that and a bumper sticker. So uh, Time's running out, though. Yeah, time's running out. You need to get that in hand so that you'll be ready to go on January 1. All right. Uh, snail mail address to questions at collegeview.com is all you got to do. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, we'll we'll make this announcement now, and hopefully we'll remember to repeat it at the end of the program. Since the next two weeks are going to be special holiday times, we've made an administrative decision to not have a program the next two Thursday nights. As as the three of us were talking beforehand, we kind of hate to shut it down since we had to shut it down recently because of sickness uh but i I think everybody's going to be pretty occupied with family gatherings and other things coming up the next two weeks and so uh lord willing we'll be back on what would that be then it would be january the eighth will it be the eighth yep seventh that's right seventh yep seventh thank you Kyle's math is better than ours tonight, yeah. the 7th so uh after tonight look for us back on january the 7th that is right, Kyle. You're on, you're on the ball. All right. All right. I, well, we'll miss that. Uh, but uh, like you said, there's probably going to be a lot of other uh, gatherings and so forth uh, preempting that. So uh, better probably to set it aside for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But don't set aside your regular study of the yeah, Bible. Yeah, so but on the 7th of January, be ready to get rocking and rolling with the virtual Bible study full speed ahead. Right. Lord willing, no more shutdowns for a long time. Yeah. Okay. All right, so to our update list earlier today, we uh, we suggested the topic, can we have confidence in salvation? And if so, how? That's that's the bottom line. That's what can you can you have confidence and if you can't have confidence, how, how on what basis can you have confidence? So we sent out these questions for discussion to our email update group and we remind you to get on our email list if you're not send a question send an email to questions at collegeview.com just say add me to your list to our list today we sent out these questions one is it an unusual thing for a child of god to experience doubts okay number two in other words if i'm feeling doubts am i unusual in that regard am i am i weird am, am i Different than everybody else if I have some doubts about my salvation? Okay. You might be different for unusual for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, but, but in regards to that. Oh, that question. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, number two, what Bible references would you offer to show that God wants us to feel confident? 
Uh, and I think we can show that. We, I think we can show from the Scripture. God wants us to feel confident in our salvation. What verses show that? Number three, what Bible characters would you suggest as showing good confidence? Number four, what are some of the things that people might use to develop a false sense of confidence? I think some people are trusting in things that will not pan out. Okay. And then number five, what are the things that give us a true basis for confidence? All right. Good questions tonight and a good discussion. We've got some good feedback from our listeners already. Yeah. And if you'd like to share your comments, uh, sign in the chat room and send them there. We got uh, an email tonight. today from Chad. We hadn't heard from Chad in a while. Good to hear from Chad. Uh, and, Long and time. I'm just going to use his email to sort of emphasize that this is an issue in people's minds. He said, how do you explain the balance between understanding both the seriousness of sin and the deep mercy of God to a Christian? One sin can condemn a Christian, Ezekiel thirty-three thirteen, but God is long-suffering with us and understands our weaknesses, Hebrews four fifteen, Second Peter three verse nine. I think many Christians struggle with this concept, and I agree. I, I, I really, I really, he, he's put it well. But that is exactly the kind of things that go through people's minds. You know, is is there? Have I sinned? Have have, have I sinned in such a way that will keep me out of heaven? If I sin, maybe don't even know that I sinned, and and you know I'm not going to make it. I've just uh, I've had people ask the question, uh, "Have I done enough to go to heaven?" Which I think is a mistake that we'll talk about uh, as we go on in the program. Okay, all right, uh, yeah, good to hear from Chad tonight, and we want to hear from you eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. All right. So first of all, if you have some doubts or concerns about this sort of thing, does it make you? The oddball, are you, uh, in other words, are you the only one that ever felt that way? And I think the clear answer is no. I think Chad's email emphasizes to us that people, people think that way. They, they, they do have concerns. But actually, I was thinking of some Bible characters who themselves, famous Bible characters who expressed doubt, uh, and, and, and uncertainty in regards to things they were to do for God. Moses, uh, when God, remember, spoke to him at the burning bush and called him to be the one who would go to Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. In Exodus 14, beginning verse 13, Moses said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. But notice, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. So Moses expressed that doubt, but God was not happy with him for expressing such doubt. Uh, so Probably something there to learn from God. God expects us to be confident in our service, and He even got angry with Moses because Moses wasn't. Okay. Uh, remember uh, Gideon, Judges six, beginning verse twelve. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, "The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor." And Gideon said to him, "Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us?" Gideon said, "I'm not so sure that God is with me." There's a famous psalm, Psalm 73, written by Asaph, who was one of the singers in the time of Moses. Uh, and he had really just about given up on serving oh, yeah. God. He, oh, was, yeah. he was just torn up. In Psalm 73, verse 12, Behold, these are the wicked, and always at ease they have increased in wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. Yep, he was uh, very torn. And he was just about to give up. He was just about ready to quit. And then I I thought maybe a New Testament example of the apostles when they heard news that Jesus was resurrected. Uh, In Luke 24, beginning verse 10, now... They were uh, now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James. Also, the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense and they would not believe them. Yeah. So the apostles were doubtful when they began to get the news that Jesus was resurrected. Uh, uh, That doesn't seem possible. So. Uh, those are some examples I had on my list, but you know, clearly these are famous Bible characters. And by the way, these are these are men of great faith. Sure, yeah. But they had some doubts sometimes. Well, Jim down up in Kentucky tonight said many times Christians have doubts. This is simply because we are beings made of flesh and blood, and as such, emotions can play a part in ca- causing us to doubt. However, we're not we are reminded not to worry or be concerned. 
Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Jesus also tells us not to be troubled. Let your heart not let not your heart be troubled, but you believe in God, believe also in me, John 14, verse 6. I think that's kind of interesting. That, uh, I hadn't thought about that verse that Jim brings up. But there's an implication there. Let not your heart be troubled. Yeah. The implication is your heart... It can be troubled. It's not unusual to have a troubled heart. Yeah. But he, but he gives the answer that believe in God, believe also in me. Mohan up in Illinois says it's not unusual as we may be struggling with mental problems, even though we don't desire them to be there. Some people say we can have confidence in our salvation, but absolute confidence is going a little too far since there's room for correction. Uh, so Mohan suggests maybe some, maybe some uh, emotional problems, but I don't think it has to necessarily be connected with emotional problems. No, uh, but he, he uses a phrase there that I think maybe uh, we'll be, we'll be kind of developing the idea of absolute confidence. Confidence, uh, and I believe we're going to show here in a minute that God wants us to be confident, but God doesn't want us to be complacent. Mm. Confident but not complacent. If 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 I'm confident, and I think maybe that's what Mohan meant when he spoke of absolute confidence. If I'm confident to the point that I don't even have to try anymore, I don't even have to work at it. I can just sit back and take my ease. Then then confidence has eroded into complacency, and that is a problem. Any thoughts on that, Kyle? Yeah, well, I think it's. It comes to confidence in our salvation. God is going to hold up his end of the equation. God is going to assure if we're obedient, he's going to, our salvation is assured. We have to keep up our end of our bargain with him. We have to be sinless. We have to live a sinless life for as well as we can. We have to be... You know, and we have to, and, 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 when that, and when we don't achieve that, then we've got to, then we've got to yes, seek own. his forgiveness. Absolutely. Yeah. Kent in Calhoun, Georgia said, it is not unusual for a child of God to experience doubt. Such is not a sign of spiritual strength. Uh, however, such is not unusual. First Peter 5, verse 8. It's interesting to note that the text states that the devil is seeking. The term seeking is translated in the, from the verb zeton, that is defined to seek in order to find. Satan seeks to seduce Christians into sin, which would include that of doubting. He uses everything in the world to accomplish this, atheism, agnosticism, hermeneutical agnosticism, modernism, and postmodernism. He also seeks to raise doubts by the use of emotionalism, subjective thinking, and human suffering. Right. So, so, so some Kent, of that. Kent says there's, Satan would like to use this as a way to crack us, to break us, to bring us down. Yeah. And Satan's not above doing that in any way that he can he's going to use whatever it t- so if he could if he could foment this doubt in us to the point that like asaph we just about ready to give up mm-hmm. uh then he would have achieved his purposes and so uh yeah i think Kent brings out a good point that it's not unusual we're not it's a sign of spiritual weakness not a sign of spiritual strength when we have s- such doubts and Satan will, if he sees that weakness, he'll he'll worm his way in at that opening. Yeah. And so we got to be careful about that. Eric jumps out in the lead here tonight on the comments. Uh, he references First Thessalonians four thirteen. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. And so, Eric references that passage as a passage where there can be some confidence and some hope. Uh, and uh, Dwight and Michelle uh, add in from that same chapter, verses 16 through 18 of First Thessalonians 4. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We're uh, to be that, comforted in view of death and judgment. We're to be yeah, comforted. Yeah. Now, that, there's that, there's inherent in that idea is this idea of confidence because if I can't be confident, then that it doesn't comfort me. That terrorizes me. Yeah. Uh, and Paul said that that should be comforting. Yeah. All right. You're right. We need to get a break. All right. Let's grab a break. When we come back from the break, we want to we want to look to the Bible for confirming proof that God. 
expects and desires us to be confident. All right. We're going to get that on the other side. We hope to take your comments. Uh, don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hi, this is Jordan Sanders from College View Church of Christ, and here's some thoughts for you today. Have you ever wondered why there never seems to be enough time to get everything done? Well, we may not have the answer. According to an article in U.S. News, an average American in his lifetime will spend six months at a stop sign, eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for misplaced items, two years unsuccessfully trying to return telephone calls, five years waiting in a line, and six years eating. Other recent studies suggest that we will spend as much as 20 years watching TV and even more time sleeping. Now, to put this in proper perspective, think of this. If you attend every service of church, Sunday Bible study, Sunday morning and evening worship, and Wednesday night Bible study, you will spend only about 1.5 years total. That's only slightly more time than you will spend looking for misplaced items and only about twice as much time as you will spend opening junk mail. But some Christians will not even do this much. Over and over again, we return to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. God commands us to assemble. Why? The context of this verse clearly shows that it is for our benefit. Are you taking advantage of this great blessing? Christian, how are you using your time? If you don't regularly attend all of the services, you may be spending more time opening junk mail than worshiping God. Isn't that a terrifying thought? Here's some quotes worth pondering. Think right. Act right. It is what you think and do that makes you what you are. Unless you try to do something beyond what you have already mastered, you will never grow. Truth ever gains, and error uniformly loses by discussion. Man, wish I'd said that. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program tonight talking about confidence and asking, can we have confidence in our salvation? We want to hear from you. Uh, send an email or sign in the chat room and chat with other listeners tonight. All right, so the the question now we want to deal with is show from the Bible that it plainly states that there there's a there is really an expectation from God that we should feel confident about our salvation. Not only is it possible, but it's sort of expected of us to have a confidence in our salvation. I I really think that some of the problem goes to a mis understanding or maybe a wrong picture of God that we have in our mind. You know, I think a lot of people envision God. He's up there in heaven, and he's just hoping for a chance to condemn us. He just, he can't wait. He's, it's like he's got this uh, divine fly swatter. Like a bug know? zapper. Yeah, and he just, he just... Just hoping that he can just squash us. He just like he's just looking for an opportunity to smash us, and that's that's not the picture of God in the Bible at all. God is for us. He 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 wants us to be saved. He desires our salvation. And when you think about it, of course, he's done overwhelming things to make that a possibility. Uh, Romans 8, verse 31, Paul said, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God gave his son. What could he have done more to more perfectly prove that he is for us and that he desires to save us? Right, right. Um He's 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 shown his love there. Yeah. Brian in California gets in the comments here with uh, he says, I know the word is the power of God into salvation. I'm the part of the equation that feels wanting. Nehemiah gives voice to my plea when he says, remember this also in my favor. Oh, oh my God, and spare me according to the greatness of your steadfast love. Nehemiah yeah. thirteen twenty two. I think that touches on what you talked about here with God sending his son. Yeah, and Nehemiah, that's a great example, Brian. Nehemiah, you talk about a guy who was hard working. I mean, really putting forth genuine, sincere effort. And, and, uh, he, he wanted, uh, he, he still understood that God would have to spare him 
based upon God's greatness and love, not upon, you know, and, and, and we're going to talk as we get a little later about the fact that we're not earning this salvation. And we get, we'll, we'll spare that discussion for a minute, but that's certainly something we got to avoid. I, I, I do not need to deceive myself into thinking that I can earn my salvation by working hard. Uh, if Nehemiah couldn't, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, another verse I had here is Peter's statement, Second Peter three verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises; some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God has made promises about salvation, and He is not willing. It's not His will. He has. His desire is not that anyone would perish, but that all would come to repentance and have his long-suffering forgiveness extended. So, again, I would use those kind of considerations to prove that God wants us to know and feel that salvation is both possible uh, and and have confidence in it. And he wants it for us. Yeah, so he yeah. wouldn't want something that's impossible and that, that we that we could not accomplish uh, or that could not be uh, given to us. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. What we got in our emailers there, Jacob? Jim says, God wants us to feel confident. He references Romans 8, verse 15. A little earlier in Romans 8 from what you referenced. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Look, stop right there before you read this. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. God doesn't want us to be fearful. Yep. Okay, go on. Second Timothy 1 verse 7 he references. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. No fear. No, he, he didn't want us to be fearful. He references Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And so we have given, been given so many blessings that we can take confidence in uh, God uh, and our ability uh, to be pleasing him. The God who blesses us desires our welfare and provides for our needs to be saved in Jesus Christ, Jim concludes. Thank you, Jim, for your message tonight. All right. And then we drop over to Georgia and we get Kent's comments. Uh, Kent references 1 Timothy chapter 1, 18 through 20. These, this charge I committed to thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning the faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they might learn not to blaspheme. Okay. And so, uh, the, the war, a good warfare, he said. But he mentioned some who had failed. And so it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a punched ticket to heaven, but there are promises of God. Again, don't let confidence evolve into complacency. He also references Paul's confidence in Second Timothy chapter one, verses eleven and twelve. Wherefore I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And then persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. There's some confidence there in Paul's yeah, sure. account. And we're going to talk about Paul a little bit more here in a minute. But He references uh, 2 Peter 1, 4 through 12. I think that's a longer reading, but I think most of our listeners will recognize that's the passage, uh, giving all diligence, verse 5, add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge, and so on it goes. And then notice... Verse 10, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be administered unto you uh, abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, notice, we, we can do things that make our calling and election sure, make it so that we won't fall. And we will be ushered into the everlasting kingdom of God. Well, there's confidence in that. But again, it's it's not it's it's not without our attention, devotion, and effort. And then he references Jude verse three, where Jude says, "Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you 
and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. And so he talks about here a common salvation. It's something that we can have confidence in and that we can uh, appreciate and enjoy together, the common yeah. salvation. Yeah. Thank you for your email tonight, Ken. All right. Real quickly, maybe we may get this before the break, but uh, the, the third question I ask is, can you name some Bible characters that in your mind show good confidence in the things that God has promised? And I only put down one on my list. I put down the Apostle Paul. We already talked some about his confidence, but he's really a case study in confidence. Uh, you already read 2 Timothy 1, verses 9 through 12. Remember, 2 Timothy is the last epistle that Paul wrote, probably before he was executed in Rome at the end of his second Roman imprisonment. But I think maybe even better than what he said in the first chapter is what he said in the last, the fourth chapter, 2 Timothy 4, beginning verse 6. I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Uh, there's no doubting there on the point, Paul. He, he's, I, I think he clearly indicated there he's expecting to to die soon, probably understood. It may have even been the case, we don't know, but it may have been, even been the case that an execution date had been set for him. We don't know that. But it, he was pretty clear that this was not going to turn out like his first Roman imprisonment did, where, wherein he was released. It's, it's, and, and history definitely tends to confirm that he was executed at the end of this second Roman imprisonment. He seems to be anticipating that. But notice, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Sounds pretty confident to me. The Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at Mm -hmm. that day. Mm -hmm. That's that's strong strong words of confidence there coming from the Apostle Paul. Now, Someone says, yeah, oh, yeah, that's Paul. Man, Paul, what are you talking about? I'm no Paul. Can I feel like Paul felt? I think yes, because notice, he said it's not for me only, but for all them that love his appearing. Do we love the appearing of the Lord, and does that dictate the way we live our lives? And if we do, I don't have to jump on a sailing ship and go all across the Mediterranean preaching the gospel like Paul did but I got to do my I got to do my best where I am and with what I have to faithfully serve God and love him and love his appearing in the prospect of eternity yeah and that's the that may be the gauge there if uh if you can't say well I I love his appearing I would uh love for him to come back right now uh then what in your life is hindering you from making that statement and making that proclamation that's standing in the way of you and your the confidence in your salvation. Get rid of that. Uh, make correction to your life uh, so that you can look forward to Christ's return. Yeah. Dwight Michelle and Iowa offer Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake, to the, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophet, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world he says our confidence is part of our faith uh, so uh, this this passage just talks about god revealing himself to us through his son jesus christ but when you think about that the fact that that god has spoken to us through his son jesus christ well wait a minute this is the jesus christ that he sent to the earth to provide an atoning sacrifice for our sins that, there should be confidence in that. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, yes, thank you, Dwight and Michelle. Now, Brian in California wants to play Stump the Host tonight. Yeah. He says, is First Peter 4, verse 18, speaking about salvation in terms of making it by the skin of, our te- of my teeth, or is the context more to the few numerically who will be saved, Matthew 7, 13? First Peter 4, 18. Yeah. Uh, Let's read, let's read the previous verse to 1 Peter 4.17. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. That's, that, that, that's a challenging passage. Brian may have, in fact, stumped 
us some of that. I do think that it's suggesting that be careful about complacency. The, the righteous, the, those who are not serving God are not going to be saved. The righteous will scarcely be saved. In other words, it, it, it's, going to, it's, it's not going to be a thing wherein we can say, I got it made. My ticket is punched. I don't have to worry about that. I'm going to have to keep working till the last breath of my life to be the faithful child of God that he wants me to be. Uh, and, and so this may be a, a passage that's intended to s- sort of deal with that component of the question. Don't get complacent in this matter. But notice, commit, commit the keeping your soul to him that is well do, uh, in well-doing. So, again, be committed to him. He's, he is uh, uh, a faithful creator, the text says. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's still confidence there, but I think that I think that the expression may be a warning against complacency. Okay. All right. You want me to kick Brian out of the chat room for that question? Brian, you're you're in you're in no, uh, no. you're in the, uh, what do we call it in timeout? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're on probation. No, that's a great question. Yeah, thank Brian. you, Brian. Great Brian. question. Yeah. All right, uh, and Dwight and Michelle uh, clarify. They left a one off of Hebrews one verse one. Oh, they okay. meant Hebrews eleven verse one. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Oh, okay. So, that makes better sense, yeah, Dwight. That yeah, makes better sense. Okay, thank you for that clarification. All right. Yeah, well, Eric says that Brian should be kicked out of the chat room. All right. Well, okay. we're not going to. That's a that's a really great. question question brian really is okay let's get a break at this week's bullet point when we get back when we get back we're going to keep going with these characters uh we want to talk oh yeah we need to catch our emailers on these uh faithful examples examples of people who had confidence and then we want to talk about maybe some false basis that people use for confidence all right don't go anywhere the virtual bible study will continue right after this now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. As we struggle with our daily walk, it's easy to start feeling sorry for ourselves. After all, we're trying to live pure lives in the midst of a very wicked world. There are temptations and trials on every hand. And on top of that, if we take firm stands on moral or doctrinal principles, some of our own brethren will likely brand us as fanatical or extreme. It's often hard to do what is right under such circumstances. But wait a minute. As we read our Bibles, we see that God's faithful people have always suffered for their convictions. The enemies of truth have consistently persecuted anyone who tried to do right. And quite often, the strongest persecutions have come from people who claimed they were doing the will of God. Take a moment to recall how the prophets of the Old Testament were mistreated. Think about how the early Christians suffered for their faith. Recall the ultimate example, that of Jesus and how the Jewish leaders cried out to have him brutally murdered. Furthermore, we should take note of the fact that there are many places in the world today where people are severely persecuted for trying to serve God. In China, quote, the communist government has called for the eradication of the independent Christian movement. Believers are arrested for holding prayer meetings, preaching, and distributing Bibles. In Sudan, those who profess Christianity are being, quote, crucified, kidnapped, and often sold into slavery. Evidence suggests that the entire male populations of villages have been crucified, including boys as young as nine years old. In Saudi Arabia, people, quote, endure severe beatings and imprisonment for professing their faith. All of those quotes are via Washington Watch, a publication of the Family Research Council. So, yes, it's hard sometimes, but remember, quote, ye have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin, Hebrews 12, verse 4. And also remember, quote, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God... He it is that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, I'm Nick Law from Jennings, Florida. I love to listen to the virtual Bible study and hear God's Word taught every Thursday night. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. We're back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. And, Kyle, now is the time for you to put a plug out there for your video streaming, your recordings uh, of the services. Yeah, which we were starting. Uh, we got some new studies, and uh, we just completed some playlists are full, and we got starting some new ones. We actually had a, a short series on Sunday nights, uh, uh, Brotherly Love. I think it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're so. using the 
the expression, let brotherly love yeah. continue. So, okay. Some good stuff. Yeah. Good sermons. So those sermons are studies. to be continued. Yeah. All right. Uh, so thanks, Kyle, for getting that uh, out there. A good, a good job there. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. You can also podcast sermons that have been presented at the College U Church of Christ. Uh, check out that uh, podcast feed uh, at collegeu.com or the virtual Bible study.com. Sign that up for that. Sign up for the virtual Bible study podcast feed so that if you are unable to listen live, you can get that brought into your podcast receiver automatically. And you'll never have to miss another program. And we do welcome your comments and your questions at any time and suggestions for future editions of the Virtual Bible. Yeah, How's that going? If you have a question, do you think it would make a good discussion for our study? Send it in by all means. How's your stack do. looking? Is it short? I don't have a, 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 enough yet for a program, but uh, we'll get there. So we need a call. Maybe let's make that your New Year's resolution that you're going to send in at least one topic suggestion for the Virtual Bible Study. It doesn't have to be one that you don't know the answer to. It could be something you just think would be beneficial for others to hear, or maybe for you to hear other perspectives on. Uh, so send in that suggestion. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, in the YouTube chat window, which we don't get a lot of activity over there, we, we get more activity in our embedded chat window, but uh, Harv is in the YouTube chat room window. Is that Harv from Pennsylvania? Uh, yeah. Harv, it's good to hear from you again. And he says, he says yes, he believes it's normal to have some doubts and, and concerns, okay. Okay. but he says we can never doubt God's promises. Okay, excellent. I think you're right, Harv. Thanks, Harv. Uh, okay. Here's somebody who had, or three who had confidence. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all had great confidence in the Lord, uh, Dwight and Michelle said. And certainly, boy, there's one. Uh, they, had, they had no doubt at all in God's uh, uh, ability to save and, um, and their relationship with God. That's the, they, they definitely had confidence. You can throw us in the burning, fiery furnace, but know this. We're not bound down to your yeah. idol, King and, Nebuchadnezzar. And we don't even have to think twice about it, they yeah. said. Um, uh, and um, so uh, it said uh, in verse um, 16 of Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not... Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So they, no wavering there. Uh, we don't even, yeah, don't even have to have a, a second to think about. Yeah, we're the not here. We, we don't need. We, we don't need it. some time to con- yeah. contemplate our answer. We're ready. That's right. And, and God will save us. If He doesn't, well, we have confidence in Him nonetheless. Yeah. Jim mentions another great Bible character with confidence: Joseph in the Old Testament. Uh, Remember, his brothers had sold him into slavery. When they were reunited years later, they were afraid he would take vengeance on them. But Joseph said, Genesis 45, beginning verse 5, Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives. Joseph saw the hand of God in his life and believed that God was with him even when he was in prison and captivity in Egypt. He believed in God and had confidence in God's power, as did Moses, as did David, as did Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and as did our Lord. Jesus himself said, 1 Peter 2.23, says concerning him, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but notice, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. So uh, Jesus, well, you know, in all, whenever we ask for examples of Bible characters, I suppose Jesus is the ultimate in every instance. Uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Um, uh, okay, good. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Kent references Paul. We talked about Paul. He's certainly a great example. Peter. Now you have to look later on in Peter's life for that, uh, not during his time with the Lord. Uh, but uh, certainly after the resurrection of Christ, he was bold and confident. Uh, Jude. Lo- I, I suppose Kit is thinking about that famous statement in verse 3 of Jude. Earnestly contend for the faith mm-hmm. which was once delivered to the saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, that, that, that speaks of his confidence and commitment. Yes. And then he references Lois and, depends on how you want to pronounce it, Eunice or Eunice. Uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother. Well, there's some confidence there. 
They raised they raised Timothy, and perhaps uh, to, without to, the support of the father figure yeah, in the family, yeah. uh, that, that 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 confidence. And then he references Timothy, Second Timothy chapter two, uh, one verse five. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in thee also. So he had unfeigned faith that that, that he he had confidence, and Paul had confidence in him. Yeah, uh, and certainly. Uh, beneficial. Okay. All right. So we're going to have to move here, Jacob. I just I just looking at the time. We're going to have to move here. All right. Let's move. Now, uh, question number four to our update list was: What are some things that people might use to develop a false sense of confidence? Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, we we need to realize that some people are confident and and shouldn't be. Mm. So we're saying we should be confident, but it's got to be on the right basis, the wrong basis. I had on my list uh, my own strength. Uh, uh, I, I can do this on my own pure grit and determination. I can live the life that I'm supposed to live, and I can effectively earn my salvation by just toughing it out. I will do it. I will do it flawlessly. I am so strong as a Christian that I can make it. Uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the, the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Uh, think he, he's, it's kind of interesting. He compared a man who trusts in his own strength to a plant in the desert. A plant in the desert doesn't do too well, usually. Yep, yep. And... Uh, uh, so it, Jeremiah basically says the man who trusts in his own strength to accomplish his ends is is going to fail like a plant in the desert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly our own strength will not do it, um, and uh, we need to be careful about that. But that's maybe our pride uh, causes us to think um, that we can. Jim in, in Kentucky commented along those lines, some of the things that people use to develop a false sense of confidence is confidence in the flesh, how I feel or what I think. Uh, and so uh, maybe that, that confidence that we that we might have. And he goes on to say we're not saved by our feelings or what we think. We're saved by obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. All right. uh, and uh, Mohan says some people use false teachers and have itching ears to develop a sense of confidence. In other mm-hmm. words, my preacher told me. Uh, so I've got confidence now in what he told me, not yeah. with what the Lord told me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kent said emotionalism and subjective thinking contrast such uh, with that of truth. John eight thirty two. You can know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Yeah, uh, along the lines of those last several comments, I had I had in my list too my wisdom, what I think. Uh, you know, we live in pretty arrogant times when when people think that they have really got it all figured out. You know, people who people who've gone before. They were pretty ignorant, uneducated, uninformed. But, man, I have got it figured out. In fact, I heard a guy once in a Bible class say, I'm going to share something with you that you've never thought of before. (laughs) Well, maybe I had never thought of it before, but I'll tell you. Somebody has. Somebody had thought of it before. We are 2,000 years into the New Testament era. There have been a lot of smart people who've studied the Word of God for a long, long time before me, and it's a, just a pure sense of arrogance if I imagine that I've figured out something that nobody else ever figured out before. I do not need to be trusting in my wisdom and understanding, my feelings, my things. So it's Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In the chat room, Dwight and Michelle sent in Proverbs 16, verse 25. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so that whole idea of trusting in your wisdom, thinking that you got it figured out, eh, Solomon says you don't. i tell you something else I had on my list is a fault. Remember, what we're talking about is things that might give people a false sense of security and confidence. Proverbs 11, verse 28, Solomon said, 
He that trusteth in his riches shall fail, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. Solomon said that. Solomon, potentially the richest man who ever lived in the history of the world, said, he that trusteth in his riches shall fail. But, you know, we live in the most prosperous time and place in the history of mankind. And it has even generated what we refer to as the health and wealth gospel. It's crazy. And so look how prosperous I am. God, surely, surely that's a sign that God really loves me because he keeps heaping all these blessings upon me. I've got, I'm sure I'm in good stead with God because look at all this stuff I have. That's a wrong sense of security. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said. Verse 76 tells you about trusting in uncertain riches, uh, verse uh, 17 of verse 76. Yes, exactly right. Jesus said unto them, children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Mark 10, verse 24. You can't buy salvation. You can't buy confidence in salvation with your money. Exactly right. Uh, we're, We're a little past time for a break, but let me get one more thing I have on my list. Unfaithful, unstable men. This goes to Moan's comment about false teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are false teachers. I mean, you, you you scarcely have to turn on the TV or the radio. You don't have to search very far at all to find all kinds of people spewing out all kinds of false doctrines and people putting confidence in them. Crazy. Uh, well, I, I tell you one that just gets my goat is this Joyce Meyer you ever see any of her videos? Not a lot. I can't. A I can't watch it. But I mean, that, that uh, Joel Olstein. Yeah. You know all those kind of characters on TV, and but people flock to that, and and of course Joel Olstein is the consummate health and wealth preacher. God God loves you. He wants you to be healthy and wealthy. Uh, uh, those people are not teaching the truth. They're not teaching the truth, but people are putting their confidence and, in them. Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn. How could he have? How could he get five people to come to an auditorium to watch that those shenanigans? I, I don't and know. he packs the place. Yeah. Why? Well, boy, it's amazing what people will trust in. Proverbs twenty-five verse nineteen: Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Yeah. That's pretty plain. Yeah. All right, so we can't put so those those are just a, a, a lot of ways that people have developed. Uh, sadly, they've developed a sense of confidence that's not founded in reality. They've deceived. Well, Harvin, Pennsylvania, has moved over to the chat room uh, at uh, our website. He says, Matthew five fifteen verse four. Let them alone; they are blind leaders of blind, and the blind leads the blind. They both will fall in the ditch. Yeah. Now, thanks for that, Harv. Because and that's what's happening in regards to those people we were just mentioning. Here's one from Brian in California. Comparing our righteousness to those of others is a pitfall as well. How many people do you know who have done that, or how have we been tempted to do that? Well, yeah. I'm better than him. I definitely will. I've got it made. I'm better than her. I'm doing more than him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, you're looking for the comparing themselves among themselves, aren't oh, you? Oh, what is that verse? Yeah. Uh, I thought I had it, but I don't know. It's, it's eluding me here. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll get it. We'll yeah. get it. Okay. Let, let, let's yeah. take our break. Let's when we come back, we're going to wrap up by talking of where where our confidence really should come from. All right. We're going to do that, and we'll go to quick to the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Me again, Mike Smith at the College of Church of Christ. Let me ask you some more questions. Do you remember when the pulpit was used for the purpose of convicting sinners and teaching them how to be saved? Are you tired of preachers who seem more inclined to entertain their audience than to teach them the truth? Does it seem that sermons you are, te- you are hearing each week could as easily be given in a PTA meeting or a social club? Do you remember when sin was called sin, and at the end of the sermon you knew, by book, chapter, and verse, what the preacher was talking about and why? Well, we're still preaching the old Jerusalem gospel that you read about in your Bible. We invite you to investigate for yourself. Please come and see the Sunday at the College of Church of Christ at 9.30 a.m. on Hampshire Pike. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. 
While the U.S. public in general is becoming less religious, the nation's youngest adults are by many measures much less religious than anyone else. Indeed, one of the most striking findings in a recently released survey is that millennials, those are the young adults born between 1981 and 1996, are much less likely than older Americans to pray or attend church regularly or to consider religion an important part of their lives. That's via the Religious Landscape Study. The Word of God says in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program, going to the top of the hour, talking about confidence in our salvation. Harvard, Pennsylvania has the verse that we were looking for. Yeah, I was looking in 1 Corinthians 10. It's actually 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Yeah. Uh, We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. That would be a really good thing to add to our list. You know, I have confidence because I'm going to tell you, I'm better than a lot of people. Yeah. I'm, I'm a much better person. I mean, I, I see what's going on in our world and I see all the wickedness that's taking place in our world. And I'm not, I'm not like that. I'm better than that. And, hey. and so maybe I'm better enough that I can, that I can be confident in my salvation. That's, that goes back to that notion of earning salvation. And it goes even not just in the world. I, I'm better than a lot of these lukewarm Christians that are yeah. around. Lot, yeah. You know, I don't do the kind of the stuff they do. Uh, so thank you for your comment there, Harv. Good to have Harv in the chat room. Harv's one of the longest time listeners. He's been around a long time. Long time. Harv, great to, great I think to hear he was you. back in the audio only days. So um, I think so. Yeah, Harv, great to hear from you. All right, quickly, we're going to have to go kind of quickly, but let's talk about where should then our... We, we said we should be confident. God yeah, wants us yeah. to be confident. Yeah. Paul uh, was certainly confident as he was approaching his death. What would serve then as the right basis for having the kind of confidence that Paul had when he said, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day? How, how could he speak with such confidence? How could we speak with such confidence? Well, first of all, we've got to realize that the confidence has to come from God himself. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit." Remember, we were looking at that same context earlier where he said the man who trusts in himself is like a plant in the desert. It's not going to work. But the man who trusts in the Lord is going to be like a tree planted by the water. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's one place where we've got to have that confidence in the Lord. Psalm 4, verse 5. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. So what kind of things... about the Lord would cause me to have confidence because of him. Well, one thing is because he, God cannot lie. When he's made promises to us, he will keep his promises. There's no doubt that he f- will fulfill the, uh, the promises that he has made to us. Yep. Uh, we trust in the Lord because he is a righteous judge. What he does will be right. We trust in the Lord because he is a merciful God. Mm-hmm. We trust in the Lord because he's gracious to us. We trust in the Lord because of his very basic nature and all of his attributes. We trust in the Lord. Yeah. Not in ourselves, not in other people. We trust in the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I had we uh, another basis of confidence, not only in the Lord, but the the, the word that he has revealed to us. We really actually don't know anything about God except what he has chosen to reveal to us in the inspired word. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says there's evidence of God in nature. So if you looked at, at the physical creation, you would be able to say there's got to be some powerful being that caused this all to happen. But we wouldn't know anything about him unless he chose to reveal exactly. himself to us. Psalm 119, verse 42 I, uh, so shall I have 
wherewith to answer him that reproaches me, for I trust in thy word. I trust in thy word, Mm -hmm. the psalmist said. Acts 28, beginning verse 30, Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, received all that came unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Again, Paul was in dire circumstances. He was, he was a, a, this was his first Roman imprisonment we were talking about earlier. But he was not a free man. He was mm-hmm. under bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he still had confidence and didn't fail to speak. Uh, again, he trusted in God and in and God's revelation. Okay. On my list, I've got prayer. Certainly one of the reasons why we can have confidence is because we have the privilege of approaching God in prayer. And what a powerful tool prayer is and ought to be. Absolutely. I, I think we take it for granted too much and we don't use it effectively. But notice First John 5, verse 14. This is the confidence that we have. There's our word. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So confidence is 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 bound up in and with prayer. <clears throat> Not everyone has that privilege. A lot of people think they do and they don't. First Peter 3, verse 12 says, The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Yeah. So we can have confidence because we we can... You know, this is an amazing thing. I, I'm always just sort of taken aback by the statement in Hebrews chapter 4, Verse 15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God has invited us to come before his throne in prayer. That's an incredible thing. You know, typically the kings of ancient times, you couldn't, you could not go where they were. They, in fact, Remember the case of Queen Esther. Mordecai said, you need to go talk to the king. She said, the king hasn't called me. Uh, and, and she knew that if you appeared in the king's court in presence without having been summoned there, mm-hmm. you were subject to the death penalty. Yeah. That's the way earthly kings are. But here's the king of heaven who says, come boldly before my throne. Seek grace to help in time of need. Amazing. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. The benefit of that veil being rent from top to bottom when Jesus died on the cross. We have access to the Father. All right. And then I had one more thing on my list. We've got to real quick get to our, our emailers on this. But uh, I think I can have confidence because of my experience in having been around God's faithful servants. Now, obviously, we have the history all through the Bible of God's faithful servants and they expressed confidence. But here I'm talking about people in my own lifetime, good, faithful brethren, serious, dedicated students of the word, and their lives stand as an example to me, sort of the test of time. They were the kind of people who were not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, Ephesians 4, verse 14. Um, they 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 had confidence and they were steady and determined and effective in in serving God, and I'll tell you, they again all the Bible characters for sure, but people of our own knowledge and experience who have have lived faithful lives of service should instill in us the confidence we can do that too. Look how their lives were blessed. I want my life to be blessed like their lives were blessed. I'm going to do like they did. And the scriptures even urge us to use faithful men that we know as our examples. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, beginning verse 13, For we write none other things unto you than what ye read or acknowledge. I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end. And in this confidence, I was minded to come to you. Uh, He had confidence that the brethren would accept the truth and do the right thing galatians 5 verse 10 i have confidence in you through the lord that you will be none otherwise minded philippians 3 verse 17 brethren be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example and so i think that verse especially says it's appropriate to look to the example of faithful brethren uh, uh, they they serve as a, a, a as a way of confirming 
that this is the right way. Okay. All right. Uh, good, good observations there. That's who our listeners have to say. Jim says, one true basis for confidence is the power of God and his word. His promises are sure and everlasting in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Titus 1, verse 2. And then Kent says, the word of God, respect for the authority of the scriptures, faithful Christians, collectively faithful local churches. So a lot of comments on the lines of what you mentioned there in your observations. Uh, our, our listeners are on the lines, uh, along the lines of that t- tonight. Uh, so uh, good comments there. Dwight says, Paul, and Michelle say, Paul suffered according to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, because he put his faith, trust in God. And there may be some physical suffering that comes along with this, but we can have confidence in the Lord and confidence in our salvation based upon things that he has revealed unto us. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, real quickly, Jacob, uh, uh, Remember the daily Bible reading calendars. Send us a request. We'll send you one. Send your snail mail address to questions at collegeview.com. Get one in hand before January 1 so you can start your daily Bible readings for the new year. Uh, during the program tonight, I got a, another request uh, for one of those, so we'll get those out. But send in your request. And then remember, uh, although we sort of hesitate to do so, we're going to sign off for the next two weeks <clears throat> a couple of holiday times coming up uh, which likely would make it hard for people to be involved with our weekly study online so we're gonna we're gonna put it uh, uh, away for two weeks we'll be back lord will in january 7th and go ahead full steam ahead from then on and kyle you're uh, you're gonna you're gonna consent to that under protest though it's not uh, and i am too it's not it's not our first choice here for sure yeah but uh, i'll definitely be back at the you know first of the year and should be no interruptions, Lord willing. So, yeah. Kyle, thanks for helping us yeah, get it out it tonight. Good, study. good to have you here tonight. Uh, Dad, Harv concludes here with, uh, he says, uh, Paul had confidence in brethren, Second Corinthians uh, 7, verse 16. Therefore, I rejoice that I have confidence in you and everything. So, yeah. yeah, we can gain strength from our brethren. We should. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, uh, thanks for all the, the comments in the chat room tonight and for our comments via email. Uh, a good discussion, Dad, and something very important. I think so. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your time tonight. See you next year. Next year. And we hope that you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word tonight and, well, all through 2020. And uh, we look forward to you making plans to be back here in 2021 uh, for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.